Welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and founder of PCOS Diva. My mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. Today's PCOS Diva podcast is sponsored by the seven-day Discover Your PCOS Diva Jumpstart program. Jumpstart is the place to begin when you're ready to commit to yourself and jump into your healing journey. Learn step-by-step how diet, lifestyle, and mindset changes can get you on the right path. You'll be thrilled to feel your energy return, brain fog lift, acne begin to clear, and so much more. Visit PCOSDiva.com slash jumpstart for more information and to get started today. If you haven't already, make sure you check out PCOSDiva.com. There I offer tons of great free information about PCOS and how to develop your PCOS diet and lifestyle plan so you can begin to thrive like a PCOS diva. Look for me on iTunes, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram as well. On today's PCOS Diva podcast, I am really excited to have Dr. Mark Halpern. He is a chiropractor, author, lecturer, and certified heart math practitioner, and the author of a new book called Coherence Revolution. And I'm really excited for him to share ways for PCOS Divas to help control our anxiety and kind of chronic stress. So thank you. Dr. Mark Halpern for coming on to our show today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. So I stumbled upon your book. Um, I'm not really quite sure where, somewhere on Amazon when I was doing some searches on um, how to help control anxiety. And you have a really compelling story about dealing with chronic anxiety for years and kind of finding a solution for yourself. And now you're sharing that um, in your new book. So I was wondering if you could just kind of give us your personal story and and testimony. Yeah, I'm, you know, I've just, uh, I just turned 50 um, a couple months ago and uh, it really has been a journey uh, really through an anxiety, <clears throat> sort of the eyes of anxiety of, of what my life uh, has gone since about the age of 12 or 13. Um, you know, I think I was fairly normal. Um, I had a happy childhood. There was nothing negative to report about my family or even my friends. But starting, I would say, sometime around the age of 12 or 13, as you know, people were going through what I would call normal high school angst or you know, going through puberty, I believe that I just started developing these really bad thinking and, and, and feeling habits where my mind would start to race and I would start to get anxious about any number of, you know, um, teenage type of type of issues. And over time, I just kept ruminating on them and ruminating on them. And over several years, I think I just developed these really bad thinking habits. And as you start developing these thinking habits, the way you think starts to produce the chemicals of stress. And as the chemicals of stress start being produced, you start thinking and feeling in different ways and things that you, you feel are just small become bigger and bigger and they become habits. I mean, I believe that I became addicted to anxiety because as you start to think a certain way and produce those chemicals over and over and over again, the chemicals of stress, 
then you start repeating those same patterns over and over again until you develop these triggers. And the triggers can be with you for the rest of your life. Anytime little things happen, they set off certain thinking habits, which set off the cascade of um, you know uh, stress hormones being released. And then you start um, acting and behaving in the same way over and over. And for me, that was anxiety. I mean, it got to a point where I really never felt um, any other emotion other than anxiety. I didn't get angry at people. I didn't get sad. I just got anxious and everything was about anxiety. And so this went through um, junior high and high school. And, you know, I got into chiropractic when I was in my early 20s. It lasted all through that. And, you know, even as a practitioner and going, having kids in my 30s, anxiety was always the backdrop. And, you know, most people, if they weren't in my inner circle, so to speak, they would have no idea because, I never uh, stopped going to work. I didn't let it interfere with too many things. I just kept going. Uh, however, the backdrop of it all was always anxiety. I mean, even as a young chiropractor, I would be with my patients one-on-one -on -one and, you know, feeling good when I was in their presence, because when you're in the moment, you know, I think you, you, you get uh, sort of zoned in. And then all of a sudden I'm on my own, a patient leaves the room and, you know, I break down because anxiety just overwhelmed me. And so I really had to um, try anything and everything to get rid of anxiety. And my approach as a sci scientist, you know, someone who had a scientific mind and was very good in school and scholastic, my approach was let's try everything. So I did every approach from, let's say, Eastern and Western that I could find from psychotherapy and, and cognitive behavioral therapy to energy healers and, and people that worked with um, the quantum field. And, you know, I tried medications and, and did all different types of uh, reading and books and courses and you name it. And I tried it. And, you know, over the years, it just I always thought that I'd find the thing I'd find the tool I'd find the answer and I'd get rid of anxiety. And then I would just move on as if it was something that I could just get over and, and never experience again. However, you know, when you start developing these patterns, it doesn't really work like that. There was never a time where I just figured it all and it went away. And so, you know, as, as my life developed, uh, you know, all, if we fast forward all the way to um, uh, two years ago when the pandemic started, I was sent home. I remember it was March 15th, 2020. And I was sent home because our chiropractic clinic was closed and we had to go home and we didn't know how long we'd be going home for. And so I knew this was not going to be a good situation for me if I were to just sit at home and wait the uncertainty of it all. I knew myself and I knew my triggers and I thought this wasn't going to be good. So I essentially went through every course, every book, every solution that I'd ever tried for anxiety. And I started to figure out what worked for me, what didn't work for me. And that's really how the coherence revolution started was I figured out all the things that worked and all the things that didn't work. And I just realized that that would probably be very valuable for people going through the same thing. Um, and that's really where the book came about and, uh, and the live course uh, so that I could help teach people these things. Uh, and at the heart of it all, uh, pun intended, was a technique called heart math, which, uh, which I learned and I'm certified to teach. And uh, I think it will help um, help people who deal with constant stress and anxiety. Mm. Yeah. And I will vouch for you that you uh 
as you go through the book, describing all of the different courses and techniques, many of them I'm familiar with and I've tried myself, but you've gone above and beyond <laughs> with all of like different breath work that you've tried. Um, and I think what attracted me to you and your work was your work with heart math, because I found that that is a really powerful tool for myself. I years ago when heart math came out with their little, uh, iPhone app and, mm -hmm. um, their, their little tool that you would put kind of on your earlobe and, yeah. um, it would monitor your heart rhythm and you sync your breath with it. I found that it really helped me get out of fight or flight. And, um, you know, I've recommended it to one-on-one -on -one clients over the years, but I've never really covered it in depth in a blog post or a podcast. So I thought, you know, you sound, you would be a perfect person to kind of explain to PCOS divas what um, heart math is and how that could really help us, how sure. we could add that as a tool to our toolbox. Sure. Uh, you know, if I take a step back and, uh, you know, you and I talked a little bit before um, just about the stress response itself. And, you know, we are, we all have a, a stress response, which is we call the fight or flight system. And, you know, now it's actually called the fight, flight or freeze system, but it was designed uh, very perfectly uh, thousands and thousands of years ago, because as humans, when we were in danger, we needed our body to protect us. And we needed uh, to be able to have a state that would um, we'd be able to get into to keep us safe. And so, for instance, if a lion was chasing you, you needed to have all of the blood flow go from your digestive system, immune system, your inner body. You needed the blood flow to get to your muscles as quick as possible so that you could use those muscles to run away from the lion or the bear or whatever was chasing you. And the idea was that you would be able to get into that cave, get away from the danger. And then within a few minutes, that system would calm down and kick back into more of a relaxed state. However, fast forward, you know, thousands of years, and that system of ours is now not being only triggered by danger from a lion chasing us, but literally from our boss yelling at us or getting into interactions in our social life or, you know, uh, whether it's your personal life or at home, it's always being triggered by our stressors and inappropriately so, and so much that we can't turn it off. And so we're stuck in this chronic state of fight or flight. Uh, and most of us don't know how to get out of that state. And that is not a state to be making decisions. It's not a state that you're going to be uh, your best at. You're not going to have a good conversation with someone you're in fight or flight. And so really, instead of trying to deal with life in that state, the idea is to get into a more balanced state, which we call coherence, so that you can make these state, uh, make these decisions and be in a more resilient state. And so HeartMath, uh, they started doing their research, um, I think it was in the early 90s, uh, where they started measuring the rhythm of the heart and finding how breath work can affect the heart and affect the brain. And when they first started doing their research, I mean, they really had nothing and, and they started from scratch and they made some really uh, incredible um, discoveries. And one of them is that if you can get your heart rhythm into what's called a coherent rhythm, which looks like a sine wave. If you can get it into a nice relaxed rhythm, you can start to entrain your brain. And that the heart's rhythm is approximately 40 times stronger than the brain's rhythm. 
And so if you can get your heart rhythm into a nice, coherent, relaxed state, you can start doing that to the centers of your brain that deal with decision-making, that deal with pain, that deal with sleep, that deal with stress. And so now you would have a powerful tool through your heart to actually start to change the way the brain functions. And so there's a concept that HeartMath talks about called heart rate variability, HRV. And it's actually fairly simple. When you breathe in, your heart rhythm goes up, it speeds up. And when you breathe out, your heart rhythm slows down. So you can use that. The greater your heart rate goes up to the lower it goes down. So let's say that you breathe in and your heart rhythm goes up to 90. And then you breathe out and your heart rhythm goes down to 70 beats per minute. 90 minus 70 is 20. And that would be a 20 HRV, heart rate variability. And what they found is that the greater your heart rate variability, the more adaptable you are to life, the more resilient you are. And in fact, the longer you live, there has been mortality studies that show you can increase your more, uh, the, the, the length of your life simply by increasing your heart rate variability. And so as you start to use that knowledge of, of changing your heart rate variability and the rhythm of your heart, and you start to add in some visualization, and then you start to add in some emotional response, now you can get yourself into what's called a physiological coherent state. Uh, athletes know this state because if an athlete's ever told you they were in the zone, that is coherence. That's a coherent state. When you walk in a room and you're just attracted to someone across the room, there's something that's pulling you towards them, you're in coherence with them. Uh, when you've just eaten really good food and your body is now purring and your cells are all resonating at a high level and you're feeling amazing, that's a coherent state. And so we can use not only our breath, but we can use our world around us, each of our senses to start to get into a more coherent state at any time of the day. And that's really what the coherence revolution is about, is teaching you how to get into a more coherent rhythm, a more coherent state using heart math, using your senses, using the world around you. And I think that's what makes your book book and your approach so unique is that you're taking that idea of coherence um, that was sort of introduced with heart math mm-hmm. and you're expanding that into other areas. Like you mentioned sleep and eating and exercise, um, taste, uh, you have a whole, but pretty much the second half of your book goes into in detail about um, all of these different ways you can build coherence in your, in your life. And so that is, would be at bringing your body, mind, and spirit into a state of coherence that is getting us out of that fight or flight mode is, is, would you describe That's, it that way? Y- yes, absolutely. And it, not only is it getting you out of the fight or flight mode, it's bringing you into the moment. And, you know, one of the things that I realized was, and, and, you know, obviously my mentors, I've, I've learned from a lot of great uh, teachers as well, but when you are in the moment, when, when you are here and now there is no anxiety and there is no depression, anxiety, if I'm going to generalize is when you're thinking about the future, the things that haven't happened, the uncertainty and depression generally happens when you're starting to think about what was, what, what happened, But in the present moment, when you're truly in the moment, you don't feel anxiety or depression. And so in the book, I actually detail some of the more extreme things I did, whether it was scuba diving or or jumping out of an airplane or cliff jumping or doing, you know, um, 
skiing, you know, extreme skiing or any of these things. The reason I did them is because they put you in the moment. There was nowhere else for you to be, but you had to be so focused and in the moment. And when I was in the moment, I felt no anxiety. So it was very powerful for me to find ways of getting in the moment. And so if you can use the world around you, for instance, if you've got a desk and it's facing a window, well, if your window is facing a, an electric field with you know all kinds of wires, that's a heck of a lot different than if you're facing a mountain and able to look at these beautiful vistas all day. You know, all you have to do is look up and you get a feeling of relaxation just by looking out your window. Um, and so you can use your visual landscape or you can use your smell. You know, think about in the morning, there are certain smells that might make you more alert and more ready to go to work. Whereas, um, you know, at, at when you come home after work and you want to relax, maybe that same smell that's going to lift you up is not appropriate for that moment. Maybe in that moment, you want something that's going to relax you. And so being coherent doesn't always mean uh, being relaxed. Being coherent means that you're in a pure state. It means that you are in the here and now you're in the moment and that your body is essentially in tune, your brain and your heart rhythm and your digestive rhythm and your, your um, you know, the, the, the mood that you're in, everything is coherent or in balance with, with where you want to be in that moment. And so you can use the world around you. And the idea is to do the self-inquiry. Most people don't take the time to um, figure out what smells can affect them in different ways, what tastes can affect them in certain ways, what, what visual landscapes will affect them. And the idea is that you build your toolbox so that once you've got, once you've done the self-inquiry, then you can literally create a schedule or a life plan for yourself where you know what you can do in the morning or at lunch or in the evening to change your physiological state. It might be a taste. It might be a smell. It might be speaking to a certain person and it might be sitting down and practicing heart math. But the idea is for you to have so many tools that you, you know you've got it and you've got you've got enough tools that you can um, change your physiological state literally on a whim, change your emotional state on a whim simply because you choose to. Yeah, I, I love that idea of the toolbox. I know for me, one of the things in the afternoon before, you know, the craziness ensues when kids get home from school and all the you know evening activities is to make a cup of tea. And I love of uh, Earl Grey tea, that, that citrusy scent of the bergamot um, mm -hmm. helps to, I guess, brighten my mood a little bit. And, and then just the process of making the tea, you know, having to kind of wait for the water to boil and the, the leaves to steep, you know, and gazing out the window at, uh, you know, the snow covered landscape right now. Um, it, it really does help to create coherence. And I never really, uh, I never really understood this concept of coherence until I read your book. Um, but things are clicking for me now. Um, and you're right, it's uh, creating these little habits, I guess, throughout your day. I, I would love to hear some of uh, your habits that that you could share with us um, sure. that might help some women listening to create coherence in their day. Well, you know, I think there, you know, one of the things that I do um, in the book uh, and in the live course, obviously you can jump into it a little bit more deeply, but you, you design a, a life schedule for yourself. And what I mean by that is, you know, I know I get up at six, six 30 every day. I go to bed, you know, 11 or 12 o'clock. And so everything in between there, 
Um, there are people that make plans or a daily schedule. And I like to take it a step further. The idea is that once you've done the self-inquiry and you know what works for you, you start to design your life. So you know on certain mornings, this is what your schedule is and this is what you're going to do in the afternoon and this is what you're going to do in the evening. And you know you plan out your social time and you plan out your business time and you plan out your, you know, your, um, all the little things you have to do, uh, your chores and all of that. But then you have this schedule and you see what you have to do on a timeline basis. But the, the, the step that most people don't do is how do they want to feel during those times? Mm -hmm. Because without knowing it, most people are practicing anxiety. They're practicing the stress because they're going over and over and over every day, the same emotions, the same thought process, the same triggers. And so what's really helped me is to identify the emotions that I want to feel at specific times of the day. And then whether I feel them or not to practice those emotions. And the idea is that you start to practice your dream life. And the more you practice your dream life, the more you practice the emotions that you want to feel, the more familiar those emotions become to you, the easier they become to elicit. And before you know it, the dream life that you thought you wanted, you're starting to live it, you're starting to feel it. And so for me, things like heart math, where you're literally practicing an emotional state, and you can do it anywhere at any time, two, three minutes at a time is enough to change your physiological state. So I have made uh, heart math a part of my life. I've, I've made um, uh, meditation at least once, maybe twice a day. Um, but I've also made sure that in my life, I've got times to go and do social. I've got times that I, I am with my patients. I've got times that I'm seeing my family. Uh, I think you've, you hear the term balance quite often in creating a balanced life. Well, if you truly want to live without anxiety, then you, you need it to be a balanced life. Because if you feel like you're always depriving yourself of things, uh, then you're always feeling this, this lack. And as soon as you're feeling lack, that's where the anxiety can take hold. And so I believe in creating a process for yourself. And that's what's worked for me. Uh, not a destination mindset, a process mindset, meaning that if I follow the process I've set up every day, even if I fall off the bandwagon and I have a couple of bad days, I don't have to get back to any sort of destination. I just have to get back onto the process that I've set up for myself and start doing the things that help me um, so that you're back on your process. And I, I have felt that having creating a process mindset has been so much more helpful because I'm not trying to get anywhere. You know, we, we, we always uh, prolong our happiness. You know, I'll be happy when I'll be happy when I get my first job or I get married or I get my first, um, you know, million dollars or I get my first, uh, you know, house or, you know, all of these things that I'll be happy when. And then you realize that 30 years has gone by and you've never been happy. And so by creating a process to live by a, a schedule that identifies what's nourishing your soul. Uh, then you get up every day and you just follow your process. And it, it, if you need to change it, change it. But the idea is that you're, you're following a process that keeps you focused on, on the things that uh, resonate with you and, and make you feel gratitude and love and, and fulfilled every day. Yeah. And I think you're, you're so right on about um, the gratitude, doing things that nourish your soul, feeling like you are enough um, and, and, and kind of a place of abundance, um, rather than 
I know a lot of women with PCOS because it's really kind of a direct attack on your femininity, your fertility. Mm -hmm. You start feeling like you're not enough and then that creates the anxiety. Um, the, the other concept of getting in touch with the feelings that you want to create. I know I was introduced, uh, to that idea with, from Danielle Laporte. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with her work. I have heard of her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that has been, I will attest that that's been really helpful for me. And just on those days where I'm feeling highly anxious, uh, just trying to fake it until I can make it. <laughs> and um, you also talk in your book about raising your kind of vibration when you're in this low sort of anxiety ridden vibrational state and things that you can do to kind of elevate your vibration. Um, so for me, that would be like putting on some like music that kind of lifts my spirit. Um, sometimes it will be like taking a, an Epsom salt bath and let all of those anxieties kind of wash down the drain. But again, it's the, I, it's all clicking for me now. Cause it's, it is these little tools and tips that I have in my life that I've created a process in, to, in order to create coherence. And it really does help with the stress and anxiety. Yeah. You know, it, it, creating your own process is so helpful and, and, and then once you've got your process and you just continue to practice it, it, it becomes easier. And, you know, you know, I talk about in my book, there's an example of, you know, I was told many times to get rid of anxiety is going to take years or it's going to take lots of therapy or, you know, just be patient and it's going to happen. And, you know, I, I've had a few of these uh, scenarios happen to me, and I'm sure some of your listeners have where you're sitting at home. And maybe you're crying, maybe you're anxious, maybe you're in fight or flight, and you're almost frozen. Mm -hmm. And you're at home alone, and then the doorbell rings. And maybe you're expecting a package or what have you. Generally speaking, what you do is you go, okay, I got to go answer that door. And it happens in a split second. And you straighten up, you, you get a whole bunch of energy together because you stand up, you wipe your face, you wipe your eyes off. You get all of your energy together, you open the door and you open the door with a smile on your face and you greet whoever is at the door. Hi, how are you? And in that moment, you're not feeling anxiety, you're not feeling depression, you're not feeling any of it. You're right in that moment with that person. Now, there may be a thing in the back of your head saying, get rid of this person because I want to go back and break down because I was a mess. But in that moment, you probably feel pretty darn good because you've gotten rid of that anxiety in an instant because the energy you, you applied to it was greater than the energy that was there. And it is possible to do that without the emergency of someone getting the door. It's always about matching the energy of the anxiety. Obviously, your response has to be bigger than the anxiety. So uh, that's why when I used to do things to get into the moment, they were pretty extreme because I knew that the energy I had to put in was, had to be greater than the anxiety I was feeling to overcome that anxiety. But nowadays, you know, after practicing and, and, and understanding the way this process works, literally there's this voice inside my head that says, okay, right now you're in the middle of being panicked or anxious. What are you going to do in this moment to get out of it? And because I've got a toolbox, it might be uh, smell this, look at that, listen to, you know, listen to mm -hmm. this music or whatever it is. And, you know, in the six week course, I have this amazing um, 
exercise that we do where there's 15 different types of music from every different genre, from drums, from Japan in, uh, you know, to pop music, to country music, to classical music. And I instruct people to get finger paints. And for a half an hour, everybody on the Zoom call is doing finger painting while listening to all these different genres of music. It's a, it's a 30 minute track with all different types of, of music. And the idea is to see how your flow changes based upon the music. And it's amazing the, the responses that you get people going through. Some people get angry with certain types of music and then they feel light and relaxed and the colors change that, that they choose to use during different songs. And you really see how you can affect your emotional state by using your senses. And so it's a very powerful thing once you start to understand you've got this ability to change your physiological state, but you just have to start to dive into it and see what works for you. So your, your course sounds really interesting. Tell me more about what you tackle and how, how it's structured and, and sure. how people can find out more. Well, the, it's a six-week uh, online course. It'll be about an hour and a half each time. Uh, there's going to be uh, three or four dates announced um, on the website that you can go to. I'll give you that link in a minute. And, and what happens is each week, you're going to be learning some heart math techniques. I mean, at the very center, the very heart of this course is learning how to do heart math and learning all the different techniques and how to start changing and practicing your emotional state. And around that, we discuss each of the senses. We, we, we spend time diving into each sense. I give you a workbook and some worksheets that help you to dive into this. And so each week you go through a different sense. We talk about nature and how you can use nature to help you. And by the end of week six, you've now got a template and you've created a life schedule, uh, what I call a daily time schedule for yourself. You've even put in all the different emotional uh, states that you'd like to be in and you're you actually literally start to practice and on the course, there's different breakout rooms and you start to practice your emotional state and you start to uh, dive into these concepts with the other people on the course so that you are not only learning this conceptually, that you're, you're developing the habits, you're developing new patterns. And so at the end of the six weeks, you should be able to have a new process for yourself that you can then just go forward and know how to alter it and adapt as you need. And so I think the six week course will give you a lot of time to make the changes and do the self inquiry necessary. Uh, and so we just found that it's been life changing for people. And, uh, you know, I do want to give your listeners a chance, um, a to read the book and B to go through the course. So if you go to www.coherencerevolution.com forward slash 2022. That's coherencerevolution.com forward slash 2022. When you go there, you can actually get a free ebook. You can download the free ebook. Um, that's for you. And there's a 50% off uh, code for the workbook and for the, the live course. So uh, feel free to do that. And if you're looking to you know, get anxiety under control or just uh, overwhelm, or even just to better your life and to live a more inspired life, then I think that you'll enjoy this course because it's not therapy. It's really for people who want to just dive into their life and, and create, a, create a process for themselves that'll lead to more gratitude, more love, and, and more resilience in their mm -hmm. life. Well, I'm going to have to check that out because I, I will tell you, uh, it would be a shortcut to learn from you because you have literally done all of the programs that I've, I've looked at. Um, 
Dr. Joe Dispenza's programs. Um, yeah, he, he's Bruce, the best. Yeah, Bruce Lipton. I mean, it's um, really impressive what you've done. And I'd love to see how you've sort of um, filtered all of that information into your own um, you know, w- way of teaching. So I'm excited to check out your course. And um, really highly recommend listeners to download that. Um, it's it's the e ebook coherence yep. revolution that you're offering. Oh, that's a that's a great deal. So go and um, download Dr. Halpin's book and check out his course and your um, and we will put all of that information in the show notes. So if you're listening, you can go to pcosdiva.com podcasts and see uh, the transcript and everything in the show notes. So thank you so much for joining us today. Well, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. And thank you all for listening. I look forward to being with you again very soon. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on the PCOS Diva podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked this episode, remember to subscribe to PCOS Diva on iTunes or wherever else you may be listening to this show. And if you have a minute, please leave me a quick review on iTunes because I love to hear from you. If you think someone else might benefit from this free podcast, please take a minute to share it with a friend or family member so she can benefit from it too. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Just enter your email at pcosdiva.com to get instant access and make sure you never miss a future podcast. This is Amy Medling wishing you good health. Bye-bye.